the time has come. The time is now. In this corner with Brian Campbell returns with the MMA edition as we sink in the choke and prepare you for injection with another lethal dose of that performance enhancing audio. The Brian Campbell, yes. In fact, the voice that you hear just about ready to tag in my mainest of main men, the great King Mo, Muhammad Lawal, to break down all things UFC 229. Wow. Wow. Did I mention wow? Woo. Wow, right? I mean, I mean, what else can I really say about that? If you want to find me, please. Just send me location. Yes, the lo- send me location. Okay, we got it, Hello. Habib. Hey. The location was Las Vegas on Saturday night, a wild melee to close the biggest fight in UFC history between Habib Nurmagomedov and Conor McGregor. So, what do you got? Who's at fault? What does the future look like? Is Habib the new pound-for-pound king? We got answers to all these wild questions We got hot takes, bro. We got hot, hot, hot takes. Wow, King Mo's going to bring it. You know I'm going to bring it. There will be no disrespect in this home. In my home. This is my home right here. This is American Top Team. Don't don't disrespect me in my home. Please. Yeah, please. Don't ever forget that. Uh, We got recaps, big wins from Tony Ferguson, Derek Lewis, much more. This was a wild card with a lot of legs to, to, to spin off from and get to. A lot of branches on that tree, if you will. But, uh, did I mention Derek Lewis? Because holy crap. Derek, why'd you take your pants off? My balls were hot. I understand. Yes, <laughs> Joe Rogan, I understand as well. I think we all do. But King Mo and I will not stop there. We will preview this weekend's pair of Bellator cards headlined by separate semifinal bouts of the Heavyweight World Grand Prix Tournament as Matt Mitrione takes on light heavyweight champ Ryan Bader and Chael Sonnen takes on the living legend Fedor Emelianenko. Wow, am I fired up for this? That is, uh, wow, wow. I'm not a martial artist. I am a fighter. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. But hey, speaking of um, speaking of uh, Chael Sonnen, how about that? Don't forget, Tuesday of this week, you want to check out for a bonus episode of the ITC as I will sit down with all four heavyweights in that Bellator World Grand Prix. Mitrione, Bader, Chael Sonnen, the great Fedor in a sweater. Some bonus content coming for you this week. Be on the lookout for it. But King Mo and I will take you through all the analysis, including the update on that UFC 230 main event in MSG. You're playing touch butt with that dork in the park. I want to also ask you one more time. If you like what you hear on today's show, please spread the wealth, spread the truth. The true currency for this show is to head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you consume fine audio. Leave us that five-star review. Subscribe to the show if you don't already. Hey, do us an extra solid. Put a little note in there. Put a little sentence in there. Tell us what you like about the show. Are you here for King Mo? Why are you here? Tell us that you're listening. Something you don't like? Someone you want to see, someone you want to hear on the pod, whatever you got to do, this is your show. We're doing it for you. Let us know that you're out there. All right, I got no other jokes or sound drops to give you. It's really just time for me to send it over to the hot takes machine, King Mo. Enjoy. Oh. 
Oh, heck yeah. BC, King Mo, back at it. Mohamed Lawal, the Bellator Moneyweight Champion. King Mo, as soon as the melee, the madness, the craziness broke out Saturday night, UFC 229, Las Vegas T-Mobile Arena, my timeline started filling up with listeners to this show going, can't wait to hear what Mo's got to say on Monday morning. Well, guess what, King Mo? It's Monday morning. I'm back from Vegas. Wow. What a weekend. We got so much to sweep up. I'm going to throw you the ball first and say, Connor, Habib, go anywhere you want with this. First reaction to the quote-unquote biggest fight in MMA history and a bizarre ending. Well, my first thing is I was right. And you were wrong. What in the, there's no such thing as magic in that cage. There's just right. the better man. And Connor looked, I, one thing, one thing I can say about Connor, I like the way he looked. He looked aggressive. His stance looked way better. He actually did a good job trying to defend the takedown. Yeah. That first, when he stuffed that first takedown in the opening, you know, 30 seconds of the fight, I was like, whoa, what do we have here? And certainly that, but, that yeah, was not You see, the thing is when I saw that, I was like, oh, because he set the takedown, but he showed nothing. It was like it was like the, the shot wasn't a full takedown attempt by Habib. Oh, it was a little tease, a little test. Yeah, yeah, it's a test to see what he has. And even if, every time he got to the leg, it was a little test. And you notice, Connor slowed down more and more, and he threw less and less. You know what I'm saying? And only time I saw, only time I really saw him open up big was in the third round when Habib kind of took that round off. Now let me publicly take the L that you mentioned there. I predicted Connor would knock him out in the first, and I'm going to be honest. That prediction was dripping with the idea of magic, the idea that, not sorcery, but the idea that when Connor steps into the cage at the biggest moment, like the Aldo fight, like name all the other fights, he's able to elevate himself to another level. And I had some concern whether Habib's 26-0 and record coming in was just dominance over B and B plus level guys and whether that would change on the biggest stage. King Mo, I'm taking that L because Habib went in there and looked every bit the pound for pound king of the sport potentially and everything he said in the lead up, I will smash your boy, blah, 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 came true. We're going to break down the technical stuff in a minute. I was wrong. King Mo was right. Habib was right. But we got to get knee deep into what happened after because that changes a lot moving forward. King Mo, yes or no to the idea that the brawl, the melee that broke out immediately after Connor tapped out, when Habib stood over him and talked trash, Herb Dean pushed him away, and then Habib ran over to Dylan Danis in Connor's corner, threw his mouthpiece, jumped the octagon wall, did a flying Larry Holmes dropkick, and then started war. Is that a major black eye to the UFC or just another chance to cash them checks? What do you got for me? Well, first of all, it wasn't a Larry Holmes dropkick. It was a coup de gras. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Finn Balor, my man, yes. Great call. Crap, Finn Balor. Um, but really, it's a black eye for Habib indirectly. It was a black eye for Connor indirectly, and it was a black eye for the UFC. I put the blame on the UFC for the most part because they could squash all this. But the thing is, just like with Daniel, when Daniel fought John Jones, they punished Daniel and John Jones. But the next day, they made a promo out of the the the, um, the brawl footage. They used the 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 the, the bus scene in the brawl fo- in the in the promo footage. What I've seen, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it is what it is. They promote that. They like that. Dana White likes it. 
Then what laughs? He applauds it. The fans like it. So when Connor started talking, saying stuff he started saying, they liked it. When Connor got personal, they liked it. When Connor started talking about religion, they loved it. You know, when Connor well, talked about, spoke about his dad, they liked it. They like it's, it when there's boundaries. And normally there's boundaries, King Mo, that the craziness will stay in the cage. And the problem for the UFC now with both the April Connor attack and now this melee is that it got really close to the paying customers. And once it crosses that line, I'll, I'll, I'll compare it like this. When I was in high school, King Mo, I was in a, a tough suburb. There was a lot of crazy fights. I was almost like the Don King at high school. I'm always like, imagine if that guy fought that guy. Imagine if that dude from the skater clan fought that metalhead over there. And when fights would break out, I'd be running over and be the first one in the front. And then afterwards, break down to everybody else be like, oh, my God, you see that? But you know when the fights are fun? When there's like three or four punches and then a teacher jumps in and you're like, oh, man, that guy got the better of him. You know when they're not fun? When no teacher jumps in and one guy gets beaten to a bloody pulp right at your feet. Then you start to get that sick feeling in your stomach. And King Mo, we got close to that sick feeling on Saturday night. I personally did front row media section. As people are jumping the guardrails next to me, cops are literally cuffing a guy from the Magomedov's team on my laptop. The the desk I'm sitting at gets pushed back 10 feet. We got really close to people like Mel Gibson and Tony Robbins in the front row having to, like, defend themselves against a melee. When it crosses into that line, then it's not so fun anymore. Then you lose sponsors. Then your sport is is a is a shame and a niche. But see, it's not a sport. It's entertainment. Because here's the thing, everybody knows, we know, like, if you get personal, once you get personal and you cross the line, then be prepared for the repercussions. Okay, because, you because, nailed it. You just nailed it. That's why it's not Habib's fault, guys. Everybody wake up. Everybody who's doing this response fueled on the idea that this, this man from Russia, this enemy, this Muslim guy, oh, I can't believe he did all that. This is a, it's, it's real to him, damn it. This is no game. This is real life. This is his family, his religion. And when you promote that, when you sensationalize that, which is what you just said, King Mo, you're gonna, if you tease the bag, you're gonna get the mess. Guess what? They teased the bag hardcore this time. Yeah. And look what they got. They got headlines. I, I don't know what's gonna happen because it could be the dollar signs, but at the same time, I feel bad for Habib because this could, He's looking at a Zab Judah type sentence, if not worse. I feel bad for Habib too, because look, ultimately, okay, I think macro it's UFC's fault, but micro on this night, it's Habib's fault. Look, he, he won the fight. It could have ended right there. Uh, nah, Dylan Dennis sparked him. Bro, I can't even say micro. Here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. I think it's the UFC's fault from the get go. Right. Now, overall, overall, no, 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 UFC's no, 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 fault. But over, over, even this micro, peep this, right? Now let's 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 think. Let's 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 think. Let's go back in time. When Floyd fought Connor, did you not notice that that they stopped the fight before Connor could even really get beat up? Yes. Okay. When when Habib fought Connor, how many fouls did you count? Because I saw a lot of fouls on TV. So I want to see the replay because from Kate's side, I couldn't see that. So tell me. Actually, I want to hear you break it down. I explain. I missed all that from my view of where I was sitting. Okay. I wish I had the glove, but the glove, okay, when they put the gloves on, the pad right here, the cut the knuckle, it's open right here, and they have the wrist part right here. Well, what a lot of fighters do is they put their hands right here and hold, or they hold in the wrist part. Connor was doing that, like, three, four rounds, the knee. Was he warned at all? Was, top. was he warned? You yeah, no, man, look, look, Herb Dean was right there, and you could see him grabbing the gloves. And um, after the second round, Connor was like, hey, 
He grabbed my glove. Quick grab my essay is the third round. Um, the knee, when Connor was on top of Habib, I mean, when Habib was on top of Connor, you saw the knee, right? Yes. The illegal knee. Um, Connor putting toes in the cage. There was no warnings. Connor was, bro, even like, go to YouTube. I mean, go, I mean, go to, go to Twitter. You'll see people talk, talk about, you know, uh, Connor fouled more times than the NBA player. He should have been out the game. He was fouling like, I mean, he was out there committing fouls and nothing happened. That's one of those rare times where a front row seat at a UFC fight, sometimes you miss that. They were doing that mostly on the other side of the cage. I didn't get to peep any of that, but, uh, but this is it. And, and two, I think, I think, I think when that's going on, nope. And look, think about this. Okay. You're fighting, right? You're the champion. Now the promoter of your organization you fight for is laughing against you, laughing at you. And, and he's cool with the guys you're fighting. Then the fight comes. All the promotion is talking about how Connor's big and bad. Connor, young, cause he's champ. Connor, Connor, Connor. Everything's about Connor. You get in the fight, you're winning, you're doing good, but you know you're getting fouled. Not one call, not one warning. And then after you win, you know, I, I don't know. I just think I think that it was a, it was like just a, a avalanche. It was it started with it a was. small it, call and then it the all, bigger. I guess the reason why I say micro uh, Habib is to blame because. It could have ended right there in the cage. I get why it didn't. I'm just saying he ruined his moment on that night by not allowing everyone to go, he's the true king, he's the pound for pound best, put the belt around his waist. But I agree completely, so don't get it twisted, on the larger picture that the one thing that I would not stop harping on in the last six months, on this show, on the MMA beat, on every column I write, is that how the hell are we fast-forwarding past the, the part that... Dana White did not punish Conor McGregor for that April attack, which what is that April attack? It's an unsolicited felony assault on his coworkers. because guess well, what? It's not but just a hand truck through a window. People got glass but, in their eyes. Rose could have got it. But, 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 but let's, let's rewind it even farther because let's, let's be real. Remember, I thought, the, I thought the UFC has a code of ethics or a code of conduct. So imagine if, you know, you're a, you're a promoter. And I fight for you. And you see me in another organization jumping into the cage and, um, attack, you know, celebrating it. Then I attack one of another promoter's, um, another promoter's, uh, employees. I slap him. You see it on TV. I yeah, slap him. Slapped a Bellator, uh, yeah, uh, handler and official. Where's the code of conduct for that? But I've seen Nick, I've seen Nate Diaz call somebody a fag and he got fined. I've seen all this other stuff, but. Connor slapped somebody and nothing happened. Yeah, well, I, I'll pause that right there. You're damn right. So when all the last six months when I'm going, by the way, Connor was not only not disciplined for this, he was rewarded with the biggest fight in history. And by choosing to take the bus footage and make it the centerpiece of your promotion. Now, Dana White was questioned on this after the fight. He said, look, the bus incident is part of the story of the fight, which is uh, OK. But when you make that decision, King Mo. You're going all in in a direction that puts yourself in a dangerous spot. So my whole point on the whole not punishing Connor thing was you're setting a dangerous precedent. You're setting yourself up to potentially fail if things get too close to the line. King Mo, they got really close to the line on Saturday night. The reason why in the long run this will be good for UFC is this. Nobody got seriously hurt. But had that hand truck gone through the window and hit Rose Namajunas in the head and kind of ruined her championship reign, or had on Saturday night, this turned into a Riddick Bowe, Andrew Galata, or Tyson Holyfield-type situation where people in the crowd are getting knocked out and it's like the palace brawl, then you know what? Your sport goes in the wrong direction. Hey, UFC, if you don't start policing your superstars and stop enabling them, you're going to have the kind of situation 
that sets the sport back 10 years. You can't, King Boy, do you know what happened after those two melees in the late 90s in boxing? Boxing was no longer on regular TV, and it took like 20 years to get back to that point. I know there's other factors involved. I know it, boxing lived on cable for a long time. I'm, I'm getting all this, but the point is, it turns regular middle America away from this, and that's what happens. So, you're enabling your superstars, you're setting yourself up to fail, and when they ask Dana about that, his response is, do you guys have any idea how many effing millions Connor had to pay in fines? It, it doesn't matter, dude. It doesn't matter. This is your fault. King Mo, do you remember the Strike Force Nashville brawl 2010? Yeah, I remember that day, yeah. Mayhem Miller, the Diaz brothers, Jake Shields. That was before UFC and Zufa had purchased Strike Force, okay? That was on CBS in front of like 5 million people. Dana's comments at the time were, when have you ever seen that in the UFC? What a bunch of amateurs, etc. Do you know what happened one month later? Paul Daly punched Josh Koscheck in a UFC fight and yeah, got fired. You want to know why he got fired? So Dana White could make a statement that this kind of crap will never be tolerated because they need sponsors. They want national TV coverage. They want the kind of stuff that you can't have if you're running an asylum. They threw that away when they did not punish Connor, when they went all in on money. This look, man, is look, their look, fault, look, King look, No, but look, 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 they punished like, God, Jason Hyde did a lot worse. I mean, a lot less. Remember when he fought Dos Anjos and he got mad? Push the referee, fired. You know, it, it, it depends. I'm, no, I'm feel like it depends on who you are and what you look like, man. That's all it is. Because you know the yeah. reactions I'm seeing on Twitter from people in my life who are casual MMA fans. Everybody's, you know what? They're, everyone's reaction is this. Oh my God, Habib should never fight again. Oh yeah. my God, he should be arrested. Hey guys, okay. wake up, wake up to this fact. Connor's April attack. Was ten times worse than what Habib did on Saturday night. Ten times worse. Bro, bro, I'm gonna tell you. Let me tell you this, man. It's tribalism. Because uh, the thing is, it's more than it's. Because it's more than just okay. It's tribalism. And it's well, people not being educated. Because a lot of people forgot about the April thing, and they want to bash. They want to bash Habib. Makes him look like he's a savage. And let's be real. A lot of these people like. I don't like to bring politics in with this stuff, but a lot of these people are. They kind of. I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to throw the race card in it, but like really straight up, like a lot of people are like middle America, like Trump supporters. And the moment, and the thing is they, 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 they identify with Connor because Connor kind of looks like them. And you it's know, easy I, to paint Habib as yeah. the villain now, right? It's easy to and forget. Yeah, he's, he's Muslim. He's crazy. Look at it. He, he don't look like the average person that they, 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 they can relate to him. So they kind of cheer for the person they can relate to in a sense. And that's Connor. That's all it is. Tribalism. Yeah. It's not, I don't think they, they dislike Habib. They just don't know him. They can relate more to, um, Connor, so they're gonna stick up for him more. That's all it is. So what, what, what did, is what Habib did unprofessional? Yes. In a normal circumstance, would it demand the kind of suspension or stripping of the title that would make sure this doesn't happen again? Yes. But because they didn't punish Connor, they are in a very tough PR spot, King Mo. And that's why I said all summer, that this was a dangerous precedent because if they throw the book at Habib, it's outright hypocrisy. And prepare for hypocrisy because they're going to throw a book at Habib, I think. So what you're saying to me is Habib will get stripped. So so for the record, Dana White on Saturday, late Saturday said if the Nevada Commission – and he kept referencing that the governor was not only in the arena, but the governor ran from the arena for his safety – 
And by the way, again, I was front row. Yes, there was about a 25-second stretch where I thought hell was happening, where I thought I was going to have to duck under a table. Obviously, they, they, they controlled it quickly. Shout out to T-Mobile Security. But he said, if Nevada suspends Habib at length, UFC would not hesitate to take away his championship. So you know what that means? You know what we're headed towards? Tony Ferguson versus Connor in a giant pay-per-view. And then when Habib comes back, a giant rematch to cash in on. If Habib comes back. If he comes, would you want to come back? They're calling him Kebab. They're calling him a terrorist. Would you want to come back and fight the place like that? Like seriously, like me, look, look, listen, look, look, I'm going to tell you this, like, my name is Muhammad Wall. I've been Muhammad my whole life. I was on the, I was on the national team. My name ended up on the no-fly list because they thought I was a terrorist. Cause my, my wow. name is Muhammad. Wow. So, so like, so think about this. So you got Habib, who was a strong Muslim athlete, a sportsman, coming to America to fight. And people call him kebab or terrorist or crazy Muslim. You know what I'm saying? Like, imagine that. You know what I'm saying? Like, th- that's just crazy. Imagine if he pulled a Ben Askren and just walked off and he's like, I'm done guys. I'm unbeaten. I'm the best. I'm done. I'm going to go fight in Russia and I'm going to go retire and be rich. Don't be surprised if you, cause look, remember Adlan Nagamov? I do not remember. Okay. He fought Robbie Lawler when I fought uh, Lemon Zarkin. Oh big, yeah. Big. Yeah. Okay. No. Okay, I, I know. Yeah. yeah. Remember he retired. I was like, you know what? Allah wants me to stop. Retire. It's not, it's nothing for them guys to retire because they, they do this. They, 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 they think, they think of it as a true sport. But in actuality, it's not. And the thing is that that's why they're behind the eight ball because they they came up in a, in wrestling ensemble and combat sports where there's a tournament format. So you found out who the best was for real. Now they're trying to live by that code coming to America. Well, we don't live by that code. We live by the code of, oh, looks good now. Give him a title shot. Oh, man, knockout? What? What? Oh, title shot. You know what I'm saying? Well, you got a guy, if you're like, Habib was winning and winning and winning over and over. People were like, well, he pulled out of fights. He got, well, he was still undefeated. There's some guys, there are guys that have been undefeated not as, not even as long and got title shots faster than Habib did. So, like. Look, this is a fluid situation. This is a messy situation. Yeah. And when you have, again, when you don't punish Connor, now you're in a really tough spot because you have to punish Habib, but you can't punish Habib. Because it looks like you gave obscene preferential treatment to your cash cow. But my my ultimate point here, ultimate, there's, there's a key word, is that, hey, King Mo, if they don't stop this, UFC is going to get off of regular TV. UFC is going to lose the sponsors. People will not feel safe to buy a ticket to the arena. I know oh, that sounds crazy. No, it doesn't. It takes one really bad incident to make people go, you know what? I'm not. Like Brendan Schaub had said in the last six months. You know what he said? I'm not going yes. to that fight because hell's going to break loose at that fight. Something bad's going to happen. He was ultimately proven right. Well, well, well that's, it's more than that, though, man. It's more than just the brawl. It's the overall culture. Man. That's why I, I told you I'm, I love fighting brawl with the culture. Um, there are clips of guys fighting in the stands and fighting in at the concession stands and finding lands. And for what? Like, I'll, well, that weigh-in fight happened right in front of me. Some dude slapped a, uh, another guy's girlfriend. That was pretty insane. That, so that that yeah, weigh-in but, fight, but, yeah. But I'm, I'm just saying, like, you notice how the, the the it changed. The moment I feel like is the moment it got to on TV, and Dana White got more got more spotlight. It had a chance to sh- um, talk. That's when the tough guy image came. 
And now you see a lot of fake tough guys involved in MMA. They're not tough. They're just, they're just, they want to portray an image just because that image seems cool. That's all it is. Should have, so to nip some of this in the bud on the build. All right. I, I already said that by showing the bus footage as the main centerpiece, you're already kind of selling your soul. You're already going in a crazy area and direction. But should Dana White have stepped in during these press conferences when Connor is calling Habib a dirty rat and going in all these areas that had it been flipped around, had Habib been calling out someone's religion or doing these things, we would all gasp and been like, whoa, well, should no, Dana no, had no, stepped in? Yeah, I think so. Because if, if Habib was like, oh, you're a crazy Christian, look at you, you know, this and that, then there would have been like, people, America would have been crazy. The Donald Trump would have gotten involved or something like that. And it would have been, it would have got bad, man. It would have got bad if, if he would have bashed the Christian faith. Um, I, I just think that when it comes down to it, man, like Dana just didn't care. He was, he was, he's a, he was an instigator laughing and, like he was cool with it, he didn't care. He did laugh when 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 Connor would piss all over uh, Habib's dad. Dana was up there laughing during it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and then like all the terrorist talk and all that other stuff, man. Like that, I, I feel like you know, um, religion and, and and people's kids should be off top. It should be should be off, you know, they, they should they should be off, off off limits. But really, when it comes down to it, everything's everything is is right there out there in the open to, to talk about for some reason. Wow. All right. Let's put the craziness aside and let's get back into this fight because half of why this was, quote unquote, the biggest fight in MMA history, half of it was the pro wrestling serious craziness. Half of it was that this was an insanely great fight on paper that was really hard to pick because it could have gone either way. I fell into the side of the, you know what? He's just going to he's just going to knock him out. He's going to walk him down. He's going to get up off the canvas once and knock Habib out. Boy, was I proven wrong because Habib is so insanely mentally tough. His wrestling is unmatched. But King Mo, you know what I never thought would have happened when he floored Conor McGregor to open round two with that right hand. And I know Conor got right back up. But in round three, which was the only round that I scored for Conor and where Conor was able to keep the fight on the feet, he stuffed a couple takedowns. It turned into more of a boxing match. Tell me if you saw what I saw. Habib welcoming Conor in, taking punches, and landing in return, and I suddenly said, they're almost on even terms in boxing. This fight's mm-hmm. going to end soon in a bad way for Connor. What the heck happened in that round three? It was as if Habib said, I'm going into your strength right now, and I'm going to show you that, you that you can't finish me. Well, because look, after, you can see Connor was drained. After, 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 the, after the thing, after being on his back, I think after the second round, he was drained. So Habib was like, you know what? Let's see what, let's see what's up. And, and the thing is that I think that's what that's what it made it easier for um for Habib to get the takedown in the next run afterwards because Conor was thinking, hey, all right, we're gonna stand now. Habib looks tired, and Habib finessed him, got to the leg, took him down, and then, then the rest was, was written in stone. I never had a doubt of Habib's ability, but what I did have a doubt was what would it look like against an A plus guy? It's some of that some of that boxing Golovkin stuff, right? Like Triple G can knock out everybody, but when you get up against those guys who are your equal, it becomes a different kind of fight. Um, no, not in this case. Habib's wrestling King Mo. I'm not sure who can handle it. What you're a great wrestler. What does Habib do differently from all these other guys who are great wrestlers, where you just can't get up? What is he doing in there? Uh, he's pressure. You know, it's his ground up, he don't, when he's on top of you, he just holds and keeps pressure on you. Well, a lot of guys hold, try to punch. Habib holds and keeps weight on you, keeps weight on you, keeps weight on you, and flattens you out. Then controls the wrist or gets, gets control and then throws punches. 
And then we try to come up. He does the same over, same thing over again. Locks you up. Keeps weight in your hands. Because you know it's going to be because weight in your hands. So if it's weight in your hands, you can't stand up. You have to do a knee slide, a technique called a knee slide to bring your hips underneath you to come up. But when you try to do that, Habib sucks you back. You know what I'm saying? So he pushes you forward, it sucks you back. You you get balanced, he knocks you to the side. You're always off balance. You're never on balance with Habib. You get to your feet, trip. Or seatbelt or underhook or single leg, double leg, he lifts. That's all. He just he just chain wrestles. Once he gets gets you down, as you're coming up, he chain wrestles and keeps waiting on you. So is it speed so, and technique that's his ultimate key? What is well, it? Well, it's pressure. It's pressure and, and, and it's lactic acid threshold. Because you notice, like Randy Latour, he can hold here, squeeze, boom, 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 work, work, work. And then we bet his feet, his punches don't look slow no more. And he's, he looks still, it still looks good. He might breathe hard, but his punches still look good. Where with Connor, you saw his punches coming slower. Yeah. His kicks look good, but one thing I like about Connor, one thing I like to give, give Connor's just dues is, I like the way he wastes the body. I like the way he's trying to go to the body. I like that. The kicks, the teeps, a few jabs, a few straight lefts. I like that. I think that um the layoff hurt Connor and the fact that he never had no wrestling. Because everyone's talking about his guy from Moldova, with people. Moldova's not really known for wrestling. I, the guy that Connor's coach was, I looked him up on the Fila database and couldn't find nothing on him. You know what I'm saying? Granted, Fila's done. done. I, 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 went, I Googled him. I couldn't find anything big on him. I just saw a few old... Little kid, little league wrestling things he, of him wrestling in Russia or Moldova. So, but I'm pretty. I'm not saying nothing against it, but we never saw get. We never saw a chance of to see Conor really use solid takedown defense until now. Uh, you, you you talked about Habib striking on the ground. He's so incredibly efficient that he doesn't waste strikes to to give other people openings to to get up or to counter. But when he chooses to strike on the ground, they're timed, they're close, they're vicious, they're powerful. I mean, those forearms to the face, those elbows, when he would break them out, Connor didn't have that. That took a lot out of the gas tank. I mean, this guy's vicious. This guy's vicious, King Mo. I don't know who who can take who can counter this. I don't know who Man, can defend this. Listen, listen. Here's the funny thing. For MMA, I don't know what it is about MMA people, and even boxing, combat sports. When they see somebody winning, they're like, I don't think I don't know who could beat that man. Like, no one could beat him. We said the same thing about Mike Tyson. We said the same thing about Klitschko. We said the same thing about Connor. We said the same thing about Anderson Silva, Chuck Liddell, Fedor. Everybody's, everybody will always find a way to get, find, not, someone will always find a way to get that victory over the best man. They always, there's always, it could be age, but when it comes down to it, you will always, you'll just take an L. Not no, always. No, 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 no doubt, no doubt, but, uh, you're not big on the whole pound for pound thing and all that, but King Mo, we gotta kinda decide what this victory means, and to me, this means Habib is the pound for pound king. I'll put him above Cormier, I'll put him above Dillashaw. I can't, I can't, I can't. Because Connor but, is, coming back, was, was in that yeah, top three yeah, or four. No, 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 but Connor, Connor coming back was in the top three, but like, okay, he been gone for a year. True, true. He, he been gone for a year, Um, he had great, he had great wins. Now, I'll put Habib in the top three, top okay. two. But I don't know. I don't, I don't know if you can put him over Daniel because Daniel beat everybody that while they're still while they're still fresh in the game, winning with no layoff. Stipe had no layoff. Stipe was on fire. You know what I'm saying? Connor. The main thing about Connor's thing was they're like, well, well Connor's layoff hurt him. Well, kind of Connor stopped the takedowns. Well, the layoff definitely. I feel like it hurt him. Well, layoff hurts anybody. Hurts any man. You know what I'm saying? And you know, Connor's human. 
he ain't no he ain't no fight guy. No such thing as a fight guy. But he, he, man, he tried human. his best. He went. I drank the juice. I, he was very human. I thought it was a very pedestrian performance. He did certain things well. I I mean, he did well in that first round to keep his back off the ground for the most part, which was surprising. But overall, he. He didn't have anything for him. Because the moment he has to face a guy, the thing about Habib, Habib is not a, a, a guy, he don't have the speed to shoot a blast double out in the open. Habib's type of guy will single, come up, against the cage, uh-uh. But the moment Conor has to face a guy that can shoot, like, blast doubles like Chad Mendez, but but it's a little more, like, you know, more fluid, you know what I'm saying? And it has, not fluid, but has better cardio, he's going to get smashed. Because we have Plans. not, think about it, we had never seen Connor solved in the octagon. The Nate Diaz loss was easily explained by the size difference, the cardio problems yeah, he see, had when thing. he dominated thing, Nate in that first round. He dominated. But here's the thing, here's the thing in the first round, yeah, but what, what size difference was there? Here's the thing, man, look, I feel like the UFC had Connor fight Diaz at 170 for a reason. One reason only. Because if Diaz would have beat Connor at 155, the chance of Connor fighting for the belt at 155, would never happen. That's, that's a fair counterpoint. That's no, a no, fair conspiracy because, theory. It's, it's true because the thing is, no, it's true because the moment Connor lost to Nick, I mean Nate, everyone was like, "Oh well, he was he was up he was he was up two weight classes." Well, let's stop. He really wasn't up two weight classes. He was pretty much up one because Connor was really a one fifty five pounder, but he just sucked himself down to make one forty five like he did in the past. They fought one fifty five because one fifty five he was bigger than uh, Eddie Alvarez. He's a big one fifty five pounder. He's not small, and they fight one seventy. The walk around weight, who knows? It could be 175, 180. Nobody knows. But I tell you this, the two, I, the UFC knew what they were doing in protecting Connor because Connor Mill lost to Dos An- lost to Nate Diaz in that fight. The fight with Dos Anjos would never even been talked about. It's a, I can't argue that. I can't argue that stuff. This is going to be interesting on what happens next. We kind of have to shelf the discussion here because we don't know what's going to happen next. We don't know what Habib's going to get for punishment. We don't know, like we said, if we're just going to see Connor and Tony fight in six months for the vacant championship. It's going to be very interesting. I want to close on this Instagram post from Chuck Liddell. A lot of people had takes, King Mo, on this whole situation. This was the most sober take from Chuck Liddell with a damn mohawk. He says, incredible performance by both fighters. But to end it like they did was a huge embarrassment to the sport. We fighters are sportsmen and champions, and we should hold ourselves to a higher standard. We owe it to our fans and the sport itself. I don't know when things started turning in some kind of shit show. Unfortunately, when you allow more and more BS during weigh-ins and outside of the fights, and you only slap fighters on the wrist for acting like barbarians, and then offer them bigger contracts and reward them for this behavior. There is no penalty for their actions, and it condones condones this type of behavior, and consequently our sport loses its sacred respect. End quote. The Iceman nailed it, Kingwell. Yeah, but the thing is... There's no Bushido! No, but the problem problem is Iceman, everything he said is true, because back, back when Iceman started fighting... Even when I first started, it, was, it wasn't like this. It changed. Um, but I don't know. It's just different time. Just different, time, you know, it's just different times. Um, you can put the blame on the UFC because the UFC started that shit show thing. Dana White and them started that. You know what I'm saying? But the thing is, I don't blame them because they started it because they want to bring more hype. But in, but in the long run, it just it's got out of the hand. It just got out of the hand because for a while, at first, you know, a few guys talked trash. And then... I don't know. I don't know. I think when when Chael started talking trash, people like people were against people were like, oh, I can't stand Chael. He talks too much trash. Then when Connor came, everyone was like, oh, trash. We love trash talk. Um, Chuck Liddell has to realize like when Chuck Liddell was trying to fight, when Chuck Liddell was fighting back then, they were fighting to make MMA a sport. 
It's not sport, man. That now it's entertainment. It's a spectacle. It's not it's back then we looked at it different. Back then, when when they when they had pay-per-views or fights, they were good cards. They were they're pretty much similar. They're big cards. It's just that it wasn't as big as it was back then. Back, if you think about the cards back then, think about like in ratio, the the car the cards were stacked top to bottom back in the day. Now it's everything is just it's just wired it's, it's, it's wired down and they're trying to do things that keep people interested. So trash talk is a way of doing that. Just like pro wrestling. Pro wrestling, the, the, the promos and the talk gets people in, incited, in, interested in something that's not even real. Well, imagine promos and trash talk get people excited for something that is real in the cage. That's, that's all it is. That's, that's, that's all, that's all true statements right there. Uh, I, I didn't want to miss that. Connor did tweet out in the, in the 24 hours after the fight, you know, good knock. Let's do it. Let's do a rematch. Um, is there any part of you? You know, more take the moral side out of it. If we did Habib Connor too, if we did it in a year, is there any part of you that believes Connor has a way of figuring out how to win this fight? Uh, yeah, there's always a, yeah. If he got with the good wrestling, got with the guy that could help him with takedowns and uh, takedown defense, I guess he can make it more interesting. But Dane's still great with the guy that can help him with his grappling more, and he could though because. You know, it, it, it's going to come down to him actually staying focused and uh, staying in the gym and staying out of trouble and, and getting fights, getting a chance to implement his skills he's learned in fights. That's all it comes down to. Nobody, no man is unbeatable. And Connor, I'm not gonna lie, Connor made Habib look a little human by stopping his takedowns, but at the same time, those takedowns were really weren't really like, you know, like full effort takedowns in a sense. They were, he was going for him, but at the same time, he was like, all right, I'm going to hang, hang out here and make Connor work. That's all it was. All right, Kingbo, the, the fallout of the Connor Habib thing did, uh, unfortunately, uh, overshadow what really was a strong card, and there was some really strong-ass performances. Kingbo, there was a lot of people that could have been the MVP of the show that aren't getting talked about, and I think chief on that list for me personally is Tony Ferguson, six months after major left knee surgery, Coming back and surviving two rounds of absolute hell with Anthony Pettis getting the corner stoppage after Pettis broke his hand in the second round. This was, uh, in terms of the live experience, these two rounds came over as insane in a entertaining way as anything I'd seen in MMA. What was your viewpoint and, and, and re- reaction to this lightweight duel? The first and Terrence ACL? Yeah, Ferg, Ferg had, that was, that's as bad as a knee injury as you can get. How the hell did he come back in six months? Yeah, be smart. I tried to do the same thing, and, and I still had issues. Um, my knees, my knee actually still torn when I came back. Man, he must have found, I don't know, found a way of doing rehab on his own. Maybe he went to he Germany said. where Kobe went and got that crazy needle, and maybe maybe got some magic put in his knee, Kingwell. Either way, the guy is ridiculous with that pressure. It's insane. Yeah, um, I think Germany, they're doing stem cells out there in Germany, a stronger version of stem cells. So that I'm pretty sure that helps because, you know, all the, all the top athletes went out there and did it. It's a new thing, but uh, it's still dangerous, man. Tony went out there and just fought. He fought like he had no injury. I, I mean, him switching stances and throwing such a variety of strikes. Like, he put Pettis in a fight-or-flight situation, and I give the former champ Pettis a lot of credit. He said he, he basically had to make a decision at one point in that fight that I'm going all in, I'm going to brawl, I'm going to do whatever it takes. And, man, it turned into as entertaining a bloody brawl as you can imagine. And Pettis used every crazy Showtime trick he had in his in his backpack. How the hell are people going to deal with El Kakui on this highest level? That was a... 
like insane performance of just toughness and quick strikes and switching stances and crazy angles. Yeah, man. Um, his volume is is ridiculous. It's unreal. Um, his cardio is crazy. Um, everything he does, it's like people you know, you watch him, you think he's just out there throwing junk, but he's really not. Everything he's doing, he's doing for a reason. Um, switching stances, jabbing, knees. And those teeth. jabs are stiff, Kingmo. Yeah. Like those jabs are, are pin your neck back type yeah. of stiff. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is crazy. When you watch him fight, when, when you look at the cage, the cage is right here, both guys in the center. And then you see the guy, you see, you start seeing Pettis start circling. And as he's circling, the circle's getting bigger and bigger. And this, you know, he's, he's back to the cage. He's fighting on the cage, pretty much fighting for his life. And, uh, I think his hand was broke, but I think, some, I think a little bit the pressure. Was getting to him with, with a broken hand, all that pressure, you can't keep him off you because you can't fire back. And that was the, that was a recipe for disaster. And that's a good look on a, his corner to um, stop that I fight. I fully agree. That third round would have been short and very messy, and Pettis was already cut. I, I, it, could, it could have been short and messy, or it could have been long and brutal. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So Pettis did drop Ferguson in round two, and that's what kind of made this such an insane fight. And really that second round was high drama, high theater. Uh, I kind of like that Ferguson – had to go through hell because this proves without a doubt this guy's back in for all the talk of Habib and Connor, Tony's right in that conversation and right on that level. And it's not that he, he wasn't because guess what? He's won 11 fights in a row. Holy crap. He's only lost one fight in the UFC. It was that flash knockout to, uh, what was it to Michael Johnson? So it's not like we doubt this guy, but you want to, I talked about how this was a little bit of a gamble taking this fight when he was already sort of next in line. Well, this gamble paid off because we know this division's crowded. We know Dustin and Nate are fighting in a few weeks, which is, you know, we know that you need to have the kind of performance that says, no doubt I have next in the title discussion. King Mo, no doubt Tony has next in the title discussion. I don't know what the future's going to look like with Habib's potential punishment, but Tony needs a damn title shot. <sighs> hmm. Well, he does, but so's my boy Dustin Poirier. If Dustin Poirier beats Diaz, he deserves a title shot. If Diaz beats Dustin, give him two or three more fights, he might deserve a title shot. I don't know what the UFC is going to do because they kind of put themselves in a bad position. Connor had the belt, never got stripped. So people kind of looked at him as the champion still. Habib has the belt. Tony Ferguson had a belt, but they stripped him, I guess. I don't understand how and why, but like, I, I don't know what's going on. Here's what I'll, I think will happen. I think yeah. Habib will get a suspension. They may even strip him of the title. I think Connor, knowing... The one thing about Connor that you have to respect is remember when he wanted the Diaz rematch? He didn't want anybody else, and it had to be at welterweight. Like, there is that part of the real fighter in him that's like, I believe that he wants to run back the rematch with Habib, and I believe that that's going to be his only focus. How do I change what I, what happened in the first fight and beat Habib? So what I mean by that is I think if Habib gets suspended, I think Connor will stay out that whole time and wait for him, and then we could see Tony against the winner of Nate and Dustin for the actual title. And... The point on the in the bigger point is this: this is the best and most crowded division in the sport. And if it goes like I just said, I'm completely fine with that because there's so many people that are deserving, and there's so many hellacious matchups you can make. Well, I, it depends on what the what punishment they give Habib. This is, man, look, they could easily ban this man. Think about it. Uh, everyone's everyone's like everyone's like, well, think about it. Think about it. Zab Judah, think about the punishment Zab Judah got when he grabbed Steve Smoker by the throat after the Costa Zoo fight. Think about the, think about the brawl with the Mayweather Zab Judah yes. fight. Yes, Zab was out for a year, got the crap find out of him. 
Roger Mayweather out for a year got fined. But what they did was nothing in comparison to Habib dropping the cage into the crowd. Even though Connor did that in Boston to get in Jose. Yeah, 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 yeah. But into the crowd, but no, but no, but don't forget, like, Habib jumped into and jumped yeah. into the crowd. I, exactly. So for, for combat. So you're combat. saying, but so okay, so but Nevada will suspend. So basically, UFC is just going to put their hands up and go, "It's on Nevada," just like they did with Connor, and, 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 and they and said, yeah, no, 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 "Yeah, but don't be." I'm going to be surprised if the UFC's in with Nevada. I'm like, "Hey, man, like, what do you guys want?" Well, you like Connor, and so many do what you got to do, man. If you make an example of Habib, do it. We'll just put the build up because I, 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 I just, I don't know. I, I just, I just find it. I just, I just think it's all. I think it's all weird, man. I, I think that. I think that. They could, I've been to the commission hearings. I know how they think. I, they had their mind made up and they could be like, you know what? We're going to, we're going to ban this guy. Habib could hire the best lawyer and they could come in here. Habib could tell us how the story and they could be like, you know what? We're, you, you, you put the crowd in danger. There were kids. Daniel Cormier's son was in the crowd. Granted, I, nothing happened to him. He was okay. But like, imagine if someone else had their son there or their daughter there or baby there and something happened to them. So they, they're think, probably thinking about like, yeah, we dodged the bullet. We can't, we can't have it. We can't have this. When Habib travels, he travels a big entourage. He controls entourage because at the same time that fight happened, people from his entourage left the crowd and jumped into the cage to fight. So like that's and then, and I then, watched oh, they, right next to me. People jumped the. Barrier. Don't forget about this. Don't forget about this. Remember two years ago or last year when at the World Series of Fighting, there's footage when Habib's camp got to a fight with the Diaz camp. Remember that big brawl? Yeah, Nate, Nate claims he smacked Habib and Habib did nothing. No, but see, but here's the thing. There's, 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 um, there's a history of Habib and his camp doing things like this. And I know Vegas knows that. And don't be, I won't be surprised. They're like, Hey, well, you did this. We gave you a pass. Now this is too much. You know, the whole world was watching. Like they, like the, like the, um, like the poster says, the whole world was watching. The whole world's watching. And you see the, the, the outcry, even though it to me is BS because the outcry should be on Connor as well. But it's all on Habib right yeah, now. Yeah, I can't handle yeah. that Connor's the victim in this. I can't handle that. That's the one thing I draw the line. I'm like, Connor's no victim, by the way. He's no victim at all in this. By the way, he also, there's footage that he punched first against no, no, Habib. He threw the first punch. He, threw, he hit Habib's cornerman first. Yeah. He threw the first punch. He's no at, victim look, here. Come on, people. At the same time as Habib was jumping the cage, Connor threw a punch. He threw the first punch. Then when Connor, when Habib was going the cage and jumped over the cage, Connor jumped on the cage and swings on somebody else. And by anyway, anybody that's out there going, Connor got sucker punched. This was a premeditated attack by Habib's team. You know what a premeditated attack looks like? Go to Brooklyn April 5th. That's a premeditated attack. Connor got on a plane to attack Habib's people. All right. We got to get out of that. Keep up with the point you made about kids is right. Right next to me at press row was, was the rich seats. There was a lot of very well-dressed Irish people with babies in their arms. Multiple, multiple toddlers and babies were at this fight. It could have got real bad. And to support your claim that they might throw like all the books at Habib, Nevada is all about tourism and money. Why did they let Floyd Mayweather delay his jail sentence by a month in 2012 so he could fight Miguel Cotto and bring in a hundred million for the city? They're all about money. If they don't throw the book at Habib, people are going to feel like Vegas is unsafe to travel to for big fights. Then everyone's pockets are hurting. That is, that is, that's pretty serious. That's, that's pretty, uh, pretty. You see weird. that, right? You read that, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> right. Wow. Yeah. I, I'm going to tell you at the podcast, I, bro, no lie. It's just, I'm talking code. Last week, a guy from where a guy, I'm not going to say who and where he's from, but told me, Hey, this is going to go down. Mark my words. 
And I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, hey, it really went down. Leave it at that. We'll talk more after the podcast. Wow. Wow. Oh, there's a big, there's a big <laughs> teaser right there. All right. So, uh, to close on Tony Ferguson, who looked incredible, fought through hell, did all that. What would it look like if he fought McGregor? What the hell would that fight look like? Uh, back and forth. Uh, how would Connor deal with that type of sophisticated striking? Because Connor's pretty much one, two, one, two. I'm going to line you up for that left hand. Yeah, but Ferguson just so I, I Connor could drop Ferguson and then what's he gonna do? Jump and try to finish him? Yeah, right. Connor might drop Ferguson and just let him stand back up. I think Ferguson would, would wear him out and put too much pressure on him. Granny gets hit a lot. Yeah, he gets hit, but I don't know. He's bigger, tall, like he's taller, longer. I think it's gonna give Diaz gave um, McGregor some problems with his length, and he's not he's not he's not nearly as athletic as as, as Ferguson. Ferguson is far more athletic. Far more versatile, can kick, punch, knee, and wrestle. That's one thing Diaz didn't have, the wrestling or the kicks. And the stance switching. And so, so pretty much have, Connors have to train, train for a southpaw and a guy that's orthodox. A guy that's long, a guy that can wrestle, a guy that's good jiu-jitsu and a great gas tank. So pretty much Connor, when he goes to camp, will have to have about, he'll have to, have to hire a guy that's tall, a southpaw, a tall southpaw, a tall grappler, a tall wrestler. You know what I'm saying? And a guy that's in great shape that's tall. So he's a guy, he's to find like eight different people. You can't, and athletic as well, because Ferguson is athletic as hell. He moves great. He's like, Diaz is a tough guy that's known for cardio, but Ferguson is a tough guy known for cardio and is an athlete and can wrestle. He, he has more, he has more dimensions than Diaz does. I, I think there's a tough fight for Connor. Connor could win by knockout. But that's the only way he can win, not by decision. This is going to be a fun next year of what happens. I don't want to say this, but it might be time for Connor to just go into full celebrity fight mode. Just might might be time for him to like, yeah, let's fight Anderson Silva in a, in a creative fight. Yeah, GSP, you want to fight? Let's do it. Because if he stays daring to be great at lightweight, he's going to take some L's, King Mo. No, but that's okay. It's part of the game. Look, we all take L's in this game. You know what I'm saying? Like, not, 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 not always, like, it might not always show on your record, but man, like, we all take L's in this game, one way or the other. By the way, Anderson Silva wants that fight, and he said he can cut to 180 to do it. Who wins right now? Conor McGregor versus 43-year-old Anderson Silva at 180 pounds. Who wins? Anderson kills him. That would be an interesting fight. You know it. No, That's like De La Hoya against Pacquiao's type of stuff right there. But, but I thought that, I thought that Pacquiao was going to kill him. And I, Cause De La Hoya fought 145 and that's the lowest weight class he's been since he fought Trinidad. Yeah, he got sucked out big time. Now, the thing, the thing, the, thing, the problem, the issue with Connor versus, um, with Silva is Silva's a better striker, bigger, and by the time he balloons up, by the time he rehydrates, he'll be the, probably be the 200 pounds. Yeah, and if Connor can't hurt him, then you're in big trouble. No. Because even Connor, though Silva's washed, he's, Kind of like when Roy Jones got washed, he was still pretty damn quick, right? Like, Silva's still got, like, I mean, go watch the Bisping fight. Silva's still got a certain amount yeah. left in him. And he can pop. And, and as far as striking, there's nothing Connor can do that Silva ain't seen. Silva's longer, longer longer leg reach, longer reach. Another southpaw, good leg kicks. What's going to happen? Anderson's going to win easy easy money for Anderson. All right, what about uh Connor GSP at pick a weight? Is there any chance Connor could beat GSP? At 155, probably. That, but no. 170, no. That that could set a pay-per-view record. I don't know. We'll see. I, I think the longer GSP's out, the longer people are like, eh. I, I think this fight, I don't know. This fight might have broke the record, maybe. 
This fight definitely broke the record, but I'm really curious to see the number because Dana White was talking about three or three and a half million pay-per-view buys and according to their targeted internal numbers of however they can figure out based on how many people are watching the weigh-in and all that stuff. King Mo, what is, what's gonna, I need a prediction from you. What's gonna be this final pay-per-view number? Cause my prediction is 2.2 million and that's a lot, brother. That's a new record. That's incredible. I think, I think, I think it's like 1.5. I, I think I think when, I think people watched it, but I think people, everybody I know that watched it went to a bar or they streamed it. Well, did you I see? Did UFC hired a company to like they sent on a press release. They hired a company to 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 attack streamers. It was like a threat. Good luck. Look, you can hire any company you want, but the stream, it, like this, the United States is too. This world is too big. Like it, 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 if they can find a way to cheat something, people will. You know what I'm saying? That's why that's why pay per view TV's dying. TV, everything's dying. HBO got out of boxing. Like every, every, all the numbers are going down because people are turning to other things, finding new ways to get into TV. People ain't trying to spend money no more. I hope, I hope the UFC broke the record though. I hope they broke the record because as long as records are being broken and organizations, that means everybody else is coming up. No, you're so right. I hope, you're right. I hope they did. I hope they did. All right. Can we talk about Derek Lewis, the Black Beast? Good Lord. Basically lost 98% of that three round fight against Alexander Volkov. Got hit from distance a lot. And then, wow, with less than 30 seconds to go, he'd been trying all night to land that one big right hand. And Derek Lewis landed a right hand from hell to turn Volkov's chin, floored him, jumped on him with short uh, hooks, got the stoppage win, and then delivered one of the better sound bites in the history of the sport. Derek, why'd you take your pants off? My balls were hot. I understand. King Moe's balls was hot. You've been there, right? <laughs> Never, I ain't been that hot before. Been <laughs> hot. <laughs> wow, King Mo, this is great theater, Derek Lewis, and he's hilarious. But did you actually hear his interviews afterwards? He was like, "Man, I ain't ready for a title shot." I love the honesty. He goes, "I can't even do three rounds. How am I going to do five rounds?" And then, do you know what he said? I normally only work out a half hour a day, but for this fight, I worked out an hour a day, and that's why I had that much cardio. Can you get him on a good workout program? How could a how could a title contender only work out a half hour a day? What's going on here? I don't think he worked out a half an hour a day, but I think more than anything, from what I saw, I think his back is still getting him. His back is still bothering him because I can see him doing this. He does this. This, I know this from wrestling. The lower back, back. And I think that more than anything, it's his back issue. Because the thing is that you can have cardio, and a lot of times when you – you get bad cardio from injuries. Like, like when you're when you're injured, you're in pain. You can't you can't function efficiently, efficient efficiently. So what you end up doing is burning and wasting energy. And I think that's what that's that's what's been going on with Derek Lewis for the past um like four or five fights. Yeah, I think cer- certainly the Ngannou fight, he he could not. His move. back, man. Even even this fight, man. His back, you can tell. You can I can tell by just looking at him, man. His back is getting to him. Doctor said he needed a backyotomy for sure. Um. There's a limit, and he he was honest about it. There's a limit of how far this guy can go, right? We saw him get stopped by Mark Hunt in the fourth round when that in that main event. But yet his resume is starting to get pretty impressive. He's won. He only has really like that one major loss. So what do you do here? Do you, do you, do you just focus on getting in serious shape and try to make a run at it, or do you just stay a, a fun TV fighter? What's going to happen to the Black Beast moving forward? Because this division is so thin, you're pretty much already on the doorstep of a title shot. Uh, well, let's see what happens with Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades beats Ngannou. Let's say Curtis Blades beats Ngannou pretty easy. Then I think we should have Curtis Blades versus Derek Lewis. It has to happen. 
What about you Stipe, Stipe, Derek Lewis? What happens in that fight? Uh, I think Stipe, Stipe. Yeah, he's got, he's got too much cardio and technical ability. Yeah, and leg kicks. You know what I'm saying? Volkov would just kick on TP and throw him leg kicks. Volkov got too com- confident and got too comfortable because he started seeing Derek Lewis's big right hand. You could see, I could see the right hand was landing because Derek Lewis would walk him off and try to steer, steer him in. And when Derek Lewis saw that wouldn't happen, when, when the minute came, Derek Lewis was like, all right, I'm coming forward. Where if Volkov would just kept on the leg kick, body kick, leg kick, body kick, faint, leg kick, body kick, right hand, the body, teeps the body. If he would kept on doing that, he might have had a chance, but he was so worried about Derek Lewis firing back. Derek Lewis is very dangerous. Did you but, hear um, Derek Lewis's comments on Trump and all that? I had to come out here and beat this Russian. He, he, he's, he's got material prepared at all times. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's funny, man. Now, did you pop for this kick mode? Because I get worried about you. You take this sport at a certain level of seriousness. You don't get too emotional about it. You don't want to talk about people's pound for pound lists. But when this knockout happened, this arena went insane. You watching? Did you did you go nuts for this? Knockout. Let me be real with you. I saw it coming, bro. I saw it coming because the whole time Volkov was following Derek Lewis. I thought it was gonna be a counter right hand because. Derek Lewis was backing up. Volkov was following him. He wasn't cutting him off. He was following him in a circle like this. So I was like, oh, man, Derek Lewis is going to have a big left hook right hand, left hook right hand. No, nah, he landed a jab, overhand coming forward. But I knew that happened because one right hand, one overhand right was thrown, and Volkov threw a knee and leaned back, and that right hand missed Volkov's chin by like a millimeter. Yeah, he was So close. I was like, okay. I was like, so I was like, Derek, okay, so he's getting close. He's about to knock him out. I was like, I saw a short time. Like, oh, he better get done right now. Lands that right hand. When it, when when Volkov went to the ground, I was like, all right. I was like, Derek got this. I knew it was gonna. I knew it was gonna happen because to beat Derek, you have to be like Mark Hunt and stay on him a little bit. Stay on him and work away. You can't be like on on on. All right, walk off. Volkov had on. no head movement. His chin was yeah. out there. I mean, it was because he, he wasn't worried. I don't think he took. I don't think he took Derek Lewis serious. I don't think, you know, cause he's like, cause you know, he's a sports, he's from Russia, he's technique, technical. And a lot of times when you're doing with guys from Russia, when guys, when guys from Russia see a guy with no technique, they're like, oh, easy work. Yeah. I see it all the time in wrestling. They're like, oh. with Ben Askren, they saw Ben Askren like, oh. Americans. <laughs> so they see it's like, oh. they say, Amerikansky, good, good condition, poor technique. That's what they, that's what they say about us. Good condition, poor technique. This guy came but, out. But, well, guess what? That big heart that Derek Lewis had took care of that technique. All right. True or false on this flyweight number one contenders bout when Jussier Formiga did his best Demian Maya impression and backpacked Sergio Pettis to take a boring decision. True or false? Formiga will never get a title shot because Dana White does not reward this kind of behavior. I don't know. Demian Maya got a title shot. Yeah, he did linger. He did linger enough to, to – And once and it takes out 125 is kind of – you know, what are you gonna do? What's, what's Mighty Mouse doing? You know, is he gonna He's fight? hurt for a while, so we could probably see Cejudo Formiga, maybe. Maybe. All yeah. Right. All right. Yeah, sound interesting. All right. Who was the most impressive out of these names? Dominic Reyes taking a decision from OSP. Michelle Waterson fighting no, off no, Felice. Dominic Reyes stopped OSP. You sure? They stopped. No, yeah. no, 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 no. They went the distance. They went the distance. They, they stopped them to go. May I miss? May I'm tripping? Waterson, I, 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 I watched the first two rounds. And I quit watching it. Race is good, man. It's early yeah. in his career, but he's good. Michelle Watterson fought off Felice Harrigan, a fun fight, and Aspen Ladd made some noise by uh, yeah. destroying Tanya Evinger. Which one most impressed you? Man, the karate high 
Dom, I know what? All of them are equal. Yeah, they yeah. All prove, Good wins across they the board. Something. They all prove something. Dominic Reyes came in and versus OSP, who went five rounds with uh, John Jones and has been fighting everybody and did his thing. He, he, uh, he whitewashed the OSP. From what I saw, the first two rounds after that, I was like, man, OSP's just not in his element. Looks like he's getting out, he's getting out worked and he's looking for that big punch. And I knew something was up when I saw OSP switch to orthodox because he's so used to being southpaw and he's like, I can't land that big body kick now. What can I do? I can't land the body kick. What can I do? I can't let the straight left seems weird. You know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to go orthodox. And, and Ray's had some hard happened. leg kicks too early on. Yes, he, he kind of yes. looks a little Tony Ferguson. He's not as, as voluminous or, or crazy, but he's kind of got some fluid moments like, like that. Yeah. He's, he's efficient. He's very efficient. You know, um, he, like, you know, I don't, you don't see him really wasting punches. I don't know. I, I, you move, but I, everything he does is like real smooth and efficient. Absolutely. All right. That's UFC 229. Fun card. We'll see what happens as we get. Oh, before we get on to Bellator, UFC 230 is very close. November 3rd, MSG. What the hell? What in the damn hell is UFC doing by naming the new main event of Valentina Shevchenko versus Soraya Eubanks? Wait, is that, is that really going to happen? That's a real, okay. Well, Dana did say this week that 230's not done. Nobody knows what that means. 230's not done. But yes, Dana White announced that, yes, this is the main event. So you know what? This exposes so many things. One, the stupid rule now that apparently every UFC card has to have a title shot, have to have a title bout in the main event no matter what. Two, stop messing with Nate Diaz. Like, I know they're mad that Nate Diaz put that tweet out, but this guy's the star in the card. Put him in the wait, main wait, event. So, so that's the new rule that every fight, every big pay-per-view fight, a big, big it fight. It seems has to like it. Them. It never got announced, but it seems like it because every fight has to have an interim title or something on it. And three, you know what happened? They just screwed Joanna Young Jacek so hard. To recap what happened to Young Jacek, loses her title at 115, announces she wants to go to 125. Dana White UFC says, no, we need you to stay at 115. But after they stripped Nico Montano, they go, hey, Joanna, now we need you to go to 125 and fight Shevchenko. And they announced that fight for December in Toronto. And then because of this Nate Diaz fiasco, and because apparently John Jones is quote-unquote not in shape, according to Dana White, can't fight at 230, you know what happened next? They said, Joanna, we need you to fight November 3rd against Shevchenko. She goes, I'm not ready yet. I'm, I'm, my, my camp is targeting toward December. Without telling her, she finds out on Instagram that they give the shot to somebody called Soraya Eubanks, which Joe Rogan on his podcast in real time goes, is it bad that I'm the voice of the UFC and I've never heard of her? Kimo, this is such BS and it cost us Shevchenko JJ. That would have been a, that should, that could have been a great main event. Why do they do things like this? Mm, I don't know. I think they're just doing it in spite of Diaz. I, I have no idea. I honestly don't have no idea. I don't know what they're doing. Maybe, maybe, I don't, I don't know what Dana said. I have no idea what they're doing. It has to be in spite of Diaz. That's what I'm thinking. I'm hoping they wake up and realize that there is a trend with these MSG cards. You got to make MSG big. You cannot have Shevchenko Eubanks in the main event. That is a joke. Like, you can't do that. No disrespect to either female. That is a joke of a fight for well, a... Well, they, 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 they're going to. And guess what? Here's the thing, right? Look, here's the thing, right? Let's be 100. They're going to do it. Media will still go cover it. People still... The buys, I don't know how good they will. They'll probably be good because Diaz is versus um, Dustin. 
But people want to see Diaz versus Dustin for five rounds, not three. <sighs> they want to see they want to see Diaz versus Dustin for five rounds. You're damn right they do. But it's just like they asked Dana that, and he goes, "No, Nate Diaz will not be in the main event." It's all it's all just crap, Spike. It's just so stupid. Don't ruin this card, UFC. Wake up and, and do the right thing here. Ah. All right, I got that out of my system. King Mo, I'm really excited about Bellator this weekend. Your federation, your people. Because this tournament that you were a part of, the Bellator Heavyweight World Grand Prix is amping up on back-to-back nights. We are going to have the semi-final rounds. It begins Friday night with Bellator 207 at the Mohegan Sun Arena in Connecticut. This fight will air on the Paramount Network and your main event. Matt Mitrione and Ryan Bader. Winner moves to the finals. Of course, the winner of this tournament will fill that vacant hole of the Bellator Heavyweight Championship. Kingbo, you're just coming off a fight against Bader. You're coming off having a little beef with Mitrione. There's been words. There's been some back and forth. Matt Mitrione calling you out. What's going to happen in this fight on Friday night? Because I love it. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm honest with you. I, I, I really don't know. I, we're going to find out because I can see um, I can see Bader taking him down. Or I can see a Matt Michonne sticking and moving from a softball stance. I, I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen. The interesting part is Bader's going to fight a much bigger guy. This is a true heavyweight fight. Yeah, so, yeah he's fighting a bigger guy, but at the same time, like the bigger guy might not be in bigger, better shape or be necessarily really stronger. Bader might be a stronger man in this position. Does Mitrione have to make it into a little bit of a war to have a chance to win it? Nah. Nah, cause if it's a, a war, a war, uh, if it's a stand-up war, it suits him, but if it's a all-out war war, then Bader leaves his wrestling and avoid the war. Let's, where's Mitrione's wrestling right now? How, like, is it, I know it's not strong, but is it, is it a problem? No. Is it average? What is it? No, I, I think I bet you it's subpar. Sub, it has to be. And, and, uh, Roy took him down a little too easy. Um, I don't think he has a sense for wrestling because he probably doesn't train it that much. A lot of guys that wrestling's hard to train. A lot of people don't like to train wrestling. It's hard, man. It's hard. It's hard in your body. It's tired. It's not pretty. Fans don't like it. You gotta learn it. But I, just watching, I think Matt knows the basics. But at the same time, the basics won't stop a chain wrestler. And one thing is, Ryan Bader will chain wrestle him and keep him on the ground, control him, and wear him out. If if, if 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 Matt Mitchell uses his jab and stick and move. Use his jab, stick and move. But if if he and inside leg kick, but if he but if he if he stands still and tries to make it a war, he'll get taken down and controlled. I see a three round, not that exciting, wrestling heavy victory for Ryan Bader. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, we, that's, 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 yeah that's what's going. I think that's, that could possibly happen. It could possibly happen. He, that could happen, or Matt Mitchell could catch him early. We'll By the see. way, we talk a lot about rematches, running things back. Are you? Do you have the itch to get Bader back, or what? What? what yeah, what? Man, look, I got the itch to get everybody back, man. Um, I heard that Faye Zhao's looking for organization. He might be coming to Bellator, maybe. I'm hearing all sorts. Oh, wow, Faye, wow, Faye, Rafael, Faye Zhao, yes. Yeah, yeah, someone said he might come to Bellator, maybe. So I, when I'm running that back, I, I wouldn't mind fighting Bader again. I, actually, I want to fight Bader again. I want to fight Mamichi. I want to fight um, Phil. All those guys. I want to get him back. Uh, don't worry, I'm, 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 I'm still looking for Emmanuel Newton. As soon as I find him, Kingbo. <laughs> hey, could you think just for the sake of poetic justice, you could finish Emmanuel Newton with a spinning backfish just to, just to, just to, <laughs> do you, do you ever do that? Do you ever work on that move? Is that part of your arsenal? Well, no, nah, because in practice, it's hard to, in practice, you don't throw it in practice. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you can, but 
You can break your arm or hurt somebody bad, so you just don't really throw it in practice. I feel like you're going to fight Crow Cop again. That's what I feel like. I hope so. You know, I'd love to. We'll see. All right. Sensei Roy is going to be back in this co-main. Hey, not a bad fight. Sergey Karatanov. Remember him from the uh, Strike Force World Grand Prix. Who do you like in this fight? I'm going with Roy. You know, I, I, you know, Karatanov's dangerous, but so is Roy. Roy. Roy's dangerous on the ground and dangerous on the feet. So I think Roy's, I think Roy's just take him down, beat him up, submit him. We were supposed to see a, well, a welterweight World Grand Prix alternate bout between Lorenz Larkin and Eric Silva. Silva has pulled out with injury. He's replaced by Romanian Ion Pascu. Larkin versus Pascu. What do you know about Ion Pascu, King Mo? Anything? Uh, what's his record? I don't know. There's, he doesn't have a Wikipedia page. But, so, but, but, but here's the thing. The Romanians, people sleeping on them. Lucien Boutet, um, Ron, Ron, uh, uh, Ron Graville. Their view, like, Dewey Cooper has a Romanian, Romania is known, uh, uh, Daniel Gita from K1. Yeah. Romania is known for having good stand-up guys. So this could be interesting because if Lorenz has come out there to stand and this guy's from Romania, if he's in shape, it's going to be an interesting fight because Romania is known for having guys, George Pakarayu, he's fighting legacy. Uh, he's a, um, like a, a multiple time Kimpo Karate champion from Romania. One thing, Romania's boxers, kickbox, oh, Benny Adubaju. I'm Adi, I'm Adi, I'm Adi Bougie. Wow, you're going he, deep here, King Mo. Going deep. Yeah, he's another kickboxer. He's, he's, a, he's a Romanian, another Romanian kickboxer. So I'm just saying, like, Roma, Rome, the Romania has some good strikers. This guy might be a good striker. From what, I've, from what, from what, from my background, Romania, strikers. This guy might, this guy could be a good striker. Be All interesting. Right. Also on that main card, uh, Kevin Ferguson Jr., Kimbo Jr. will be taking on Corey Browning. Uh, 26-year-old baby slice, they call him. King Mo, he is, uh, three and one. He lost his, of course, was submitted in his debut in 2016. Has come back with three straight victories. I believe he's fighting in the, uh, 165 area. What, what, what weight class are we looking at here? Uh, lightweight. Oh, he's fighting at lightweight. Do you know much about baby slice? Have you seen him? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, man, yeah. Uh, heavy hands, learning. Um, he wants to become a mixed martial artist, so he's learning the ground games, the body shop. He's with Antonio McKee right now. Um, submission games, working on that, working on his hands, kicks. I saw him um, a few weeks ago in L.A. Yeah, he's gonna be ready. All right, he's had he's had back-to-back submission wins for Baby Slice, so we'll see. He's learning. He's learning. No background in combat sports besides watching his daddy fight. So oh, yeah. now oh, he's yeah. learning. All right, Saturday night is the big one. Bellator 208. This will take place at the Nassau Coliseum on Long Island, New York. It'll be on the Paramount Network. And what we really care about here is that semifinal bout. Fedor, Chael, Son, and King Mo. This, this is a, this is a really cool matchup. This is just fun. This, this is a fun fight for the fans. Fedor's old and washed, but he just finished Frank Mir. It was a perfect sort of fight that fell into him. Chael is fighting over his head at heavyweight. The winner goes to the finals. I don't know what this fight's gonna look like. And I love it. I love the personalities. I love two guys in their early 40s kind of just figuring out. I don't know what the heck this fight's going to look like, but, man, do, am I fired up for it. What do you got? What do you got? Oh, it's going to be an interesting fight, man, because if Chell get a takedown and we're, um, and, and, and we're on Fedor, Fedor will feel it. But at the same time, Fedor's kind of dangerous off his back. Good arm bars. Um, <sighs> Fedor's still quick. Those punches are still quick. And they're heavy and they're strong. Powerful. I don't know, man. I'm, I don't know. Chael got dropped by Vanderlei Silva last year a couple times in that fight. Let's remember that. Yeah, yeah. 
But I don't know. I don't. I don't know, man. If if if, if Chuck can make the third round, I think Chuck, Chuck can Chuck can win the first round and, and win and 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 make Pence the second round. He'll win the fight because he'll get he'll get take you on the third. It's gonna come down to the first round. If the first round's wild and full of like chaos, Fedor, Fedor, Fedor thrives in that. Like a fight that's controlled, Fedor doesn't look that good. Like when he fought Maldonado, Maldonado ended up controlling him, and it looked wild because Fedor was taking damage, but Maldonado was in control. What's Fedor's takedown defense like at this point in his career? He's, he isn't. He isn't. I, I, it's hard to explain because Fedor doesn't really have takedown defense. He can defend takedowns, but he, he's a scrambler. Like he just fights where the fight, wherever the fight goes, is where he goes. You defend, you want to take him down. Arm, he'll go for some. Oh, I'll go to the ground, get up to his feet, swing. And his fights are chaos. Like he go, he's like, you know, when you get a takedown, when he takes you down, he's already punching. When you're coming up, he's already in your back choking you. Um, if you throw a kick, he's already punching. You know, you, you shoot, you shoot, you shoot a shot, he's throwing an underhook. Off. He's he's oh, he's usually one step ahead of guys in the chaotic factor. So when you watch him with Frank Mir, when chaos ensued. He was one step ahead of Frank Mir. Playing, Frank Mir's playing catch up. He threw Frank Mir, scramble happened, he was backing up, Frank Mir started chasing him. He was one step ahead and counted him. Never piss off a gangster. Uh, are we underestimating what Chael could do on his feet here or could he do nothing on his feet? What, what, no. what, is Chael wrestling only in this matchup? I mean, you obviously, you gotta respect Fedor's speed and power even at this age. It, could, could Chael jab him and box him? What is this gonna look like? Mm-hmm. Chael, Chael can jab him and box him, one twos. One one two. Chael's a good one too. Right, right, right hook, straight left. Um, Chael does that real good. You know, um, I think that's gonna give Fedor issues because Chael moves real good, and off that movement he can shoot blast double legs. It's gonna be. I think. I think when it comes down to Chael can control where the fight goes, but as far as the pace and the chaos factor, Fedor controls that. Will Fedor have any gas after one round? Yeah, he'll have gas because Fedor, well, yeah, because he's Fedor just fights. He just fights. Even if he's tired, he fights. Um, the chaos factor is what I worry about for Chael because during chaos, Chael sometimes loses his mind and yeah, falls into the silver rematch. Yeah, yeah, the silver rematch. Not, 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 just that, not just that, but even with the with the with Tito. Yeah, he lost oh, his yeah. mind against Rashad too in the in the yeah. chaos. Yeah. yeah, Rashad. Yeah, so it's just remember that just, was that the need of the body Rashad finished. Chael? Yeah, not just that, not just that, but Paulo Filio. Yeah, I yeah. was there. I was there helping Chael warm up for that fight. I was just there. I don't know what I was doing. I was just there chilling. And Chell helped me come up, come in the back and warm him up. And Chell was beating the brakes off of him. Chaos ensued. He ended up tapping somehow. And I just, I don't know. I, th- I think Chell's going to make this fight a lot tougher for Fedor than what people think. I think you're right on that regard. I still see a Fedor ground and pound finish. I just feel it. No, it could happen. It could happen. But I really think that people, after this fight, people look at Fedor like, oh, man, I don't know if he's going to win this fight versus uh, – Mitriona versus uh, Bader. I don't think either of the, these guys could beat Bader. Well, no, no, no. Fedor Bader would be very interesting. That would yeah. be very interesting. We could uh, we could get a Fedor Mitrione rematch for all we know in the finals. I mean, this is looking fun. It's going to be but fun. See, but see, the, the fun thing is like the winner of this is going to have to fight Minikov. Very true. And, and I saw Minikov here, the American Top Team. He's trained here. He's serious. He's good. He's tough. Um, he, he was in the wrestling freestyle circuit. He's number two behind Kura Megamed, Kura Megamedov. Um, he's, man, he's solid, man. He's, he's a problem. Speaking of ATT, is, uh, is Frankie Edgar there these days working out? No, nah, no. Nah, um, our strength coach is doing something with him up there, uh, assessing his, uh, okay. his body. But Edson Barbosa has moved to ATT, correct? Edson Barbosa has moved to ATT. It's my boy. Like, 
That's my dog, man. Edson, he's a good dude, man. Right. Solid. Hey, you know who had a victory from ATT? Greg Hardy just had a victory yep. recently. How's yep. he looking in, in camp? Yeah, he's looking good, man. Uh, I think he's another fight coming up. One more fight, and he's back. He's um in um the UFC. Interesting, interesting stuff. King Mo, to close out on Bellator 208, we have Benson Henderson, Sadawad in the co-main. You care about that fight at all? I sure do. Because uh, Sad's my boy, and Benson Henderson, he's, you know, I think it's Ben won his last fight, didn't he? Um, he, he won his last fight. This is, this is, this is an interesting fight. Let's see. Yeah, he beat Roger Huerta. I forgot about that submission in April. And, 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 and I think Israel, was it in Israel? Or? It was in Budapest. Yeah, yeah. Before so, that, yeah. he had lost back-to-back split decisions to Chandler and uh, Patricky Pitbull. So this is this is going to be interesting. Yeah, I don't hate that fight. We got Czech Congo on this fight. We got Shlomenko on this fight. On this fight card should be who's Shlomenko, who's Shlomenko fighting? Anatoly Tokov. Whoa! Wow! Interesting. Tokov's a beast. Young, but wow! Because this might be. I heard, I heard the um. That uh, Shomenko has one or two fights within his contract. Interesting. The former yeah. Bellator middleweight champion, 34 former years Bellator old. Bellator kingpin. Had a, had a, had a, a PED issue, went away for a while, but he's back. He, uh, I thought he beat Musasi. I thought he beat him. I thought he, he got robbed. No, I thought he did too, you know, but, you know, he sh- it shows, man. Dude, he's a legit competitor. He's, he's a problem for anybody. Over 70 fights, I believe. Um, He's 56 yeah, and yeah. 11 in his career. By the way, do you know he got knocked out in June in in M1 in Russia by um, Bruno Silva? Who's Bruno Silva? Oh, Bruno, I don't know who that is. But what, 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 when, when was this? When was that? June yeah, 1st no. in uh, Chelyabinsk, Russia. That's the hometown of Sergey Kovalev. Oh yeah, yeah, Kovalev. Yeah, yeah. I know that. I have to, I have to see that. I, I don't know anything. What's 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 us Bruno Silva's record? Uh, he does not have a Wikipedia page, so I cannot tell you that at this moment. Thank you, Wikipedia. Uh, yeah, so that should be interesting. Hey, hey, MMA is wild right now. It's a fun time. We got the fallout of 229. We got Bellator ahead. King Mo, it's, uh, we record this on a Monday. On Tuesday, I will be in New York talking to all four Bellator heavyweights. We'll have a bonus interview podcast this week. People can look forward to that. Hey, you want me to ask any, any of those four guys a question from, from Mo? You want me to, you want me to tell, hey, Mitrione, hey, we're coming for you. Yeah, go ahead, man. Yeah, man. I don't, it don't matter to me to let them know, let them know, man. My thing is, I'm gonna go out there, get these wins, and my my thing is try to get the fight with Matt Michonne or Bader or oh, wow. uh, Phil Davis. Oh wow! When they step yeah. foot in that cage, they're gonna pay the price with nap time. Wow, nap time is back, King Mo. Nap time—that's what I'm talking about right there, King Mo. What else you got? Anything else? What else you got in your life? And your how's how's camp going? You ready? You ready for this guy, uh, Liam McGarry? What's going on? Oh, camp's going good. I'm very ready. Um. I'm ready, man. I've, I've been I've been in shape in the gym, working on a few things. Um, today, wrestling practice got me a tall guy to wrestle with. All right. Don't get Doing caught in no triangle and arm chokes. No, no, no. My submission game is pretty good. My submission D is pretty solid. It's pretty solid, actually. Looking over your it's career, I don't big. think you've ever tapped, Kingbo. Kingbo doesn't tap. I never been putting. I never been putting. I like when I first started grappling, started training. My first guys I started training with were Hamer Baral, Nogueira, Vinny Magalhaes. And Verdun. They were smashing me, so my submission defense is pretty good from my submissions ain't good because they were so good I can get close to getting submission. But from grappling with them, my submission D became good. Alright, alright. I'm down. I'm down with that. Will you ever do any kind of like Japan tournaments again? We'll see if Japan's talking about something. Okay, okay. I, I always like looking down the uh the King Mo ledger of fights and I, I like stories. King Mo, um 
Can you tell me about the time you fought uh, the Smashing Machine, the legend Mark Kerr, in 2009? How did they let you wear shoes in that fight? Because M1. That's why. M1 gave it to So M1 had different rules, and we're in Kansas, so it did you no know, commission's weaker. I'll never forget that because um, Mark Kerr was with a guy named Shannon the Cannon Rich. And before my fight, I was getting phone calls every 30 minutes in my room. They're trying to keep me away. Come to find out, he told me, he's like, Mo, man, I was trying my best to keep you from sleeping. Eventually, I just unplugged the, the telephone cord, but I was like, who was calling me? After the fight, he told me, he's like, yeah, Mo, I'm sorry, man. Like, I was trying to give my boy the advantage. So I was just calling you every 30 minutes. Look at these mess- tricks. Do people do yeah. stuff like that? Yeah, I guess. Do you know that was the last fight of the of the of the legendary Mark Kerr's career? It ended a five fight losing streak. Uh, did you have a lot of respect for him coming in there? He was hella washed entering that fight. I mean, yeah, yeah, I had a, I had a lot of respect for. Him. I didn't really, I didn't want, I didn't want to fight him or Don Fry. But I need the money. You know what I'm saying? I need the money, man. So hey, I that took... was a 25 second knockout for King Mo. Did you take him down? I forgot what happened in that fight. Oh uh, yeah, I took him down and then club punched him under uppercut club punch. Boom. Hey, remember him in his prime though? Mark Kerr in his yeah. steroid prime was a friggin' beast. That documentary on him is insane. Yeah, yeah, Smash Machine. I never seen it. I'm, I'm gonna try to catch, try to catch it, but yeah. That was a ground and pound was, machine. Hey, story time with King Mo. I'm always down for. That'll wrap it up this week. Follow the King at King Mo FH on Twitter. And, you know, we'll, we'll stay out there and, and, and keep our ears to the ground, Kimo, on what's going to happen next following 229, what's Habib's future, where's Connor going, lot to get to. Everyone, make sure you check out those Bellator fights this weekend. Should be some good stuff. Kingmo, do you want to give a message to the people at all as we walk away from the show? I hope y'all enjoyed last week's fights. This week, we've got some big fights coming up. But until the fights pop up, we out.